We're doing something different on this episode of the Tech Bench Podcast. This episode, the tables turn. Alyssa Miller, CEO of iMiller Public Relations and President of Nitas, interviews us. During the interview, we talk about our experience in the industry, how to vet an ITAD vendor, and so much more. Brace yourself, you're now entering the Tech Bench Podcast. Well, welcome to the Liquid Technology Tech Bench Podcast. My name is Alyssa Miller. I'm the CEO of iMiller Public Relations. I have been in the tech industry for over 20 years, and it is my pleasure to be the interviewee on the Tech Bench Podcast program today, where I will be interviewing your regular host, the Tech Bench Podcast host, James Petronelli and Steve Sidwell have joined me today. Uh, thank you, both James and Steve. Welcome to your show. Thank you. Nice to see you. Yes, thank you. So, James, you've been with Liquid Technology for a number of years. You know, what are some of the exciting changes that you've seen in the company since you've joined? Uh, well, actually, quite a few. Um, so, when I joined the company, um, you know, I think that um, many of the certifications that we currently hold we're just in the process of kind of becoming, um, you know, uh, normal for our industry um, where people would, you know, adhere to these specific standards. Um, so the e-stewards and R2, um, you know, those were just coming into um, the marketplace in terms of, you know, EPA kind of recognizing them um, for e-waste recycling. Um, so, you know, kind of starting just in a more of a, being more of a computer liquidator at that point in time becoming a mature iPad company um, by, you know, becoming R2, becoming an e-steward, um, also um, becoming AAA certified. So not only providing that kind of buying and brokerage of technology hardware, but then also providing this full suite of iPad services, um, media disruption, compliant e-waste recycling, but also being able to have the certifications to back that up. Um, and that's when we really started to see our client base grow um, by leaps and bounds because that's what our clients want. Um, they want to have that uh, sense of security um, for um, their media being handled properly. Um, they want to have that uh, comfort that, um, that all their e-waste is being managed properly and that it's, um, and then it's all, all auditable. Um, so we, we can provide that for them. Um, so just seeing the company grow um, as a full-service iPad company, a fully certified company, and then not just grow like that, but also grow in our footprint, um, not just being in New York City, but being in Chicago, and then also having the ability to service our clients nationally and globally. Um, so um, I've really seen a, seen a lot in my time here over the eight years, and I can certainly say Steve's seen a lot more um, being here since 2002. So um, it's been a really, really fun, exciting time. So, Steve, you joined Liquid Technology in 2002. I uh, can only imagine uh, what changes you have seen within, within the company since you've been there. Why don't you share some of those insights with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that, I don't know if we could take a step back 
All right, so in 2002, the dot-com bubble had burst by that point. And so Liquid Tech came out of the bursting of the dot-com bubble, as we talked about in you know previous episodes. And we, di- we didn't really have a focus where we have the focus now. At that point in time, we were focused directly on assisting companies with wind-downs, and with actual liquidations where we're just going in, right, taking out all the IT hardware, giving them a check, and going on our way and reselling everything and then recycling the rest. And that was the business. We were starting to get into bigger companies, search engine companies, mortgage companies, banks. But that was very nascent at that point in time. As we grew, as we matured, the industry also matured, right? So, R2 came about. ISO in 2004, ISO 14001 was published, and it really started to target e-waste companies. This is a big deal. This time, too, we're starting to see companies like Blanco come around where you have um, like actual easy-to-use graphical user interface, data destruction. It's pretty point-and-click. And that's a big deal, too, because you're starting to see a lot of stuff in the media about big data breaches. Liquid Tech looked at this. We said, you know, we're already kind of in the background doing this stuff, but this needs to become a real focus of the business, that and move into a consignment model. This is what a lot of companies have done. So with the tanking of the dot-com bubble and the maturing of the industry as a whole, we moved to service in like much bigger companies. So why, in your opinion, James, why do people choose liquid technology over other companies, and, and what problems are you solving in the marketplace? Uh, well, I'd like to think that there are a lot of reasons, um, but uh, certainly like to highlight a few uh, for sure. Um, I, I think going back to the, you know, the last question that I, I've spoken about, um, I think our commitment to sustainability and security is probably the number one thing. Um, we're really trying to stay um, in front of um, every type of uh, industry standard that comes about um, so that we can make sure that our clients have the highest level of protection for um, their data as well as the, um, you know, their ability to make sure that all their uh, ICFs are being handled properly. And sustainability is a really big thing for companies nowadays. In fact, they actually have sustainability officers um, so that companies really know where all their downstream materials are going, not just IT, but everything throughout the company. So we're able to provide that for them. It's all auditable. And um, I think that's probably the number one thing. Um, Second, I would say, is responsiveness. Um, We're a really nice-sized company in our space. Um, you know, we're not a multi, huge multinational corporation that just does some iPad on the side. Um, we are a full-service iPad company, and that is all we do. Um, so people are looking for a company that does, that does our, provides our services and provides them to the best of their ability. Um, you know, I think that working with us is their best bet because it's all we do. Um, so we're able to um, work with our companies, um, uh, you know, with dedicated account management, a dedicated operations team, you know, they don't have to call through, uh, you know, hundreds of offices or, you know, through the switchboards to get an account rep. Um, they have their, their account rep right at their fingertips at all times to manage all their projects, um, whether it's locally in the U.S. or, or abroad. Well, that's definitely great. I mean, I know the frustration that any company or individual has in reaching someone to speak to these days is really challenging. So it's great to hear that you have that dedicated a team and 
and uh, a dedicated account team, dedicated operations team. That's terrific. Um, and the other things that uh, you mentioned earlier in our conversation here is that you've just opened a new facility in Chicago. So congratulations. How do you expect this expansion to impact your company? From a client perspective, um, you know, we have, we're currently servicing many financial technology companies, um, not just in Chicago, but in the Midwest. And it's just a natural place for us to be. Um, you know, we're, we're very uh, active in the financial markets in New York City, and many of our, our clients that are based here have operations in Chicago, and we also work with many companies headquartered in Chicago. So um, just be able to alleviate any strain in terms of shipping equipment around or being able to service them within a moment's notice, being right in the backyard is extremely important for us. Um, also, it's, you know, a top 10 data center market. Um, actually, it might even be top five, quite frankly. Um, so just being where... Um, many of the uh, uh, many clients across all verticals are storing their their server and their infrastructure. Um, being able to be in their backyard, provide on-site media disruption, uh, do full data center deinstalls. Um, it's it's really a natural place for us to be. James, your career with information technology asset disposition, or ITAD as we call it, began about 14 years ago. And in that time, what do you feel like is the number one thing people are often unaware of when it comes to end-of-life asset management? I think people are pretty, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people aren't aware that many states actually have e-waste recycling laws that companies need to adhere to. Um, and that's basically, you know, um, they have to manage their end-of-life technology hardware in a responsible way. Uh, to make sure that it's uh, not ending up on a street corner, that it's not ending up in a landfill, or that it's not being disposed of in a, in a way that it can, um, you know, adversely affect a community. Um, so I think, you know, working with a company that's aware and operates, um, aware of all the local state um, laws and operates in all the states uh, that a company's headquartered in, um, that they have the knowledge to be able to service them and provide the highest level of service. Um, additionally, um, there's also laws overseas that they need to be aware of. Um, certain uh, hardware can't be exported from different types of countries in Europe and Asia. Um, media needs to be destroyed in some countries on-site versus being off-site. Um, so just being able to work with a vendor that has that experience and know that um, you know, their equipment is going to be handled in a proper manner is extremely important. And, um, and then being able to have the audible reporting to report back up through their companies uh, to make sure that accounting has all the equipment written off their books properly, um, that um, if they're ever audited by um, uh, security, um, that they can prove that all their media has been destroyed or uh, wiped in uh, an audible fashion, you know, tying it back to serial numbers and dates um, and times that have taken place. Um, so I think it's really important uh, from a, from a uh, security perspective um, and from an environmental perspective that people are aware of all the local and uh, international regulations. I think that uh, most people don't really consider much beyond security, right, protecting their own personal data, but you really bring up an excellent point in that uh, different, you know, states and governments and even countries have requirements on how to dispose of these digital assets. And working with a company like Liquid Technology, I think, is um, a great way to 
to be able to outline a disruption plan as well as safeguard information and then provide the relevant documentation that illustrates how you do things and how you did them. So I think it's a really important element of what liquid technology brings to to the business and to the customers in the market. So for – yeah, so talk to me about Cloud Labs. Why is this such an important step in cloud migration? Well, I mean, I, you know, we talked at length about, you know, this, the iPad industry and our services. And, you know, it's buying and selling the hardware, media disruption, and e-waste recycling, um, reverse logistics, getting equipment in and out of places. Um, you know, CloudLast isn't uh, too different from that, but it's really tailored and specific to companies that are going to the cloud. And what we found is many companies that we're working with, um, they are so focused on, you know, choosing the correct cloud provider, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, AWS, Google Cloud Services, Azure, um, getting buying from their um, leadership and, and people throughout their organization um, and determining what data is going to go to the cloud, either whether it's um, some of it or all of it, and then figuring out what hardware in all their data centers, whether they're in U.S. or abroad, is going to be affected by this and end up having to be liquidated. Um, so what we've done with our clients is actually sit down, uh, provide this kind of cloudless checklist of uh, where we um, review all of their sites um, that they have technology hardware, um, but we review their timelines when they think they're going to be migrating their hardware, whether it's going to be all in, an all-in-one approach, all-in-one shot, if it's going to be a multi-phase, um, move of their um, information. Um, we'll then provide on-site assessments. So actually go to their data centers. Um, and recently we did a advertising company um, that had um, hardware in New Jersey, Virginia, Amsterdam, Singapore. Uh, we did site surveys at each location. Um, we actually did a, a full inventory of all their servers for them because they had guys running around doing all other things. They didn't have time for this. Um, and then we provide a logistics plan. Um, so, you know, we determine, you know, all the information that's needed from all the sites, the size trucks that we could use, the time of day that we could be in and out of there, uh, how many racks have to be removed, does the cabling need to be um, removed, uh, ladder racks, um, anything underneath the floor, base floor environment. Um, so we provide all that information for them so they can keep their resources dedicated um, to that cloud migration plan that they're, they're working on. Um, we then provide a media disruption plan for them uh, based on their security standards. Um, and then um, we provide a evaluation of the hardware. Um, so, you know, we tell them, you know, based on your timelines, uh, we believe that, you know, we could pay you X on um, all of your hardware at all of your data centers, um, you know, based on the timeline provided and the inventory that we took. And then we schedule the project out for them. And we work with them as they, uh, as they migrate to the cloud. We come in after them, and we provide the full wind-down of the data centers. Um, so it's been a... Um, it's been a really exciting time with the amount of cloud movement um, these days, and we've um, really liquidated um, some very large companies on the media, financial, and tech space, and it's helped them out, uh, I think, in a great way. Well, that's, that's excellent and, and, and interesting, especially as companies are looking to migrate to the cloud. I think part of their trepidation is that they have all of this equipment and gear and they don't want to lose the time and money that's been invested in that. And so working with Liquid Technology can offer them a 
migration plan that then also takes into account the value of the assets that they don't necessarily need anymore and do a purchase back of those assets so that they can have some of that uh, capex back into their overhead and, and invest in their operational expenditure budget, right? Absolutely. I mean, the amount of time and expense that is um, that they put into going to the cloud, it's nice to have some return on the investment on the back end with the hardware uh, because it's, it's, it's just nice to be able to cover those expenses. And it's usually an after, a lot of times it can be an afterthought too. It's, you know, we've done this migration and oh my goodness, we forgot now we have to wind down these data centers. Um, so to be able to work kind of in lockstep with them along the way, you know, they don't have that, that last minute scramble. But at the same time, they know the entire time what that return is going to be to them and what those timelines are going to be. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for a company that is looking for an e-waste recycler, what factors should they consider, James? I mean, I think the most important thing that a company should do is work with a company that they can trust. Um, there's a lot of people in our business. Um, there's a lot of people that do what we do really well. Um, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do what we do um, that um, do not do everything very well. Um, so I think a company needs to sit down and determine what's most important to them. Uh, is it media destruction? Is that security and the compliance portion? Is it um, you know, the sustainability portion of, of, of uh, iPad? And pick a company that's really tailored for that um, and that can meet their needs in terms of what their security standards are and what their e-waste recycling standards are. Um, I would definitely try to work with a company that is willing to meet with you um, just to make sure that, you know, you know who you're going to be working with on a day-to-day -day basis, um, somebody that's actually willing to bring you to their warehouse, um, show you the process, the procedure, um, how they manage the hardware, um, how it actually comes into the facility and works its way through and the timelines that are associated with that. Um, so that, that gives you a sense for... Um, you know, how they're going to operate with you on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, how that relationship's going to go and give you that peace of mind that the hardware's um, being handled properly. And then um, also make sure that you work with a company that can provide you with a very high level of return on your equipment. Uh, so there's a lot of people that will just specialize in one or two types of items. You know, somebody might just be a phone buyer. Somebody might just be interested in buying Apple laptops. But most organizations have a very diverse IT portfolio um, so you don't want to work with 10 different vendors. You want to work with a company that can handle all those types of, all the different types of hardware that you have and all the different um, OEMs that you have are working off of and can provide a very high level, uh, a high return of value across all technology that you're going to be selling. Um, so I think there's a lot of factors to consider. And um, what's nice is that, you know, you can go to, uh, you, know, you know, you could talk to East Stewards and R2, and, you know, you'll find companies like us um, right on their website. And, um, and then all you can do is pick up the phone call and, and schedule a visit. And, James, one thing that you talked about I think is really important is when you're going out there, right, and you're doing your due diligence, because that's really what it comes down to, is that you want to be able to demonstrate to, you know, basically anybody who asks because is it going to be, you know, the CEO who is determining which recycling vendor to use or which, you know, partner to use um, for the retail of these six-month-old goods that were bought for a project that, you know, wound down quickly because a new project came up that was more important? Whatever reason these guys, that your company is getting rid of stuff, 
the important thing is that you know that you did documented due diligence, that you can really demonstrate to anybody who asks at any time, meaning that it's in writing, you know, what you've done. So you're going to go to, you know, let's say e-stewards because you want to work with an e-steward vendor. You're going to go through an R2. You're going to go through an R2 vendor. You can go with people who are both like Liquid Tech. How do you find that out, right? So you go to the websites and you find these companies. They're listed right there. You can call them up. You go to their website. Does their website look like it was written by a 15-year-old kid? Does it look like it's all like really boring? Do they have, is it consistently updated? Call them up. Find out, you know, are they reporting on stuff? Are they trying to keep ahead of the curve like James was talking about before? And, you know, when you're talking about meeting with them, I think that's one of the most key things is actually going out there, sitting down with the company, having them come out to you. If you have a project that's worth half a million bucks and they can't show up, you probably want to work with a different vendor, right? Um, so that's where a lot of this stuff comes in. But talk to them, right? Start doing your risk assessment. That What does that mean, right? That means, okay, what could possibly go wrong with the, you know, with the relationship. Let's say that you give them a bunch of stuff and they don't pay you. Well, what kind of repercussions are, is that going to have for you as an employee and for your company? Let's say they don't recycle the stuff properly and it turns up in a warehouse in the middle of somewhere, you know, along with a couple other hundred million pounds of CRTs. You know, how, how would you have prevented against that? Well, a lot of times it's really difficult. But start by asking questions. What's your downstream process? What's your risk assessment process internally? Who do you deal with? Do you have somebody in charge of this? Are there actual individuals in your company, right, meaning in the liquidators company, who are responsible for risk, who are responsible for data security, who are responsible for environmental audits? How do you perform your environmental audits when you work with a vendor? How do you guys audit your downstream vendors, and downstream vendors being like um, basically if so Liquid Tech gets in all kinds of servers, right, We if they're, you know, only the CPU is valuable, let's say we're going to take the CPU, we'll test them, clean them, send them to, you know, for resale, all the rest of it is going to get recycled. Well, how does it actually work, right? So it gets broken apart into various different components, which go to different downstreams who specialize in that type of stuff. Well, we go through those downstreams, and we actually physically go there and make sure that the process that they're saying on paper is legit actually is legit, right? So we need to see, like, sample bills of lading for, you know, shipments, making sure that they're sending the stuff where they say they're sending the stuff. Now, as this is what we do for a living, so we're good at this, but we also have the time to dedicate this to this. As a company, make sure that you're working with somebody who is who takes it as seriously as you feel like it should be. And if you don't know, that's where you really want to start asking questions. There's a lot of blogs out there. There's a lot of information. Really go and find it. Because at the end of the day, it's all going to come back to money and your job. Well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, you, you have to have that trust with a partner like Liquid Technology when you're looking to dispose of these assets. Uh, data is the new oil, right, that's 
you know, everyone is looking for that data. So anything that's dropped on a street corner or put into a landfill is getting mined for information. And by working with a company like Liquid Technology, you're assuring the safety, the security, um, and the sustainability of the environment uh, when you're disposing of these assets. So uh, really important stuff for, for companies to consider. Thank you both for your time today. Thank you, James, Steve. Really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, looking forward to watching Liquid Technology continue to grow and to listening to your tech podcast. So thanks so much for, for allowing me to host you today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. It's been fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the LTTB Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or show ideas, please feel free to email us at the techbench at liquidtechnology.net. For show notes, visit liquidtechnology.net slash techbench.